Hi, this is Dee Dee Pfeiffer from ABC's Big Sky, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Get ready to go On Screen and Beyond once again. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is episode 587 of the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, we go in to the Big Sky Country. That's right. From Big Sky, Dee Dee Pfeiffer is going to be joining us. And Dee Dee, of course, was in Big, is in Big Sky. She was on Sybil and all kinds of movies and things like that. But Big Sky returns this Thursday for part two of this season. And Dee Dee's going to talk about that and a whole lot more. So get ready for it. Dee Dee Pfeiffer is coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. And we want to remind you to keep telling your friends about On Screen and Beyond. We have had uploads and downloads and everything else coming our way. And uh, we appreciate it very much. Keep those uh, downloads going. Subscribe to On Screen and Beyond wherever you are. And whatever you're listening it on, uh, as far as a podcast provider, whether it's Apple Podcast or Amazon Music or Spotify or Anchor or Stitcher or whoever... We are on almost all of them, I guess, you know, and some we don't even know we're on. <laughs> we're on. So uh, we appreciate that uh, you are doing that and uh, keep it coming. And also, uh, as far as downloads, uh, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I know the biggest uh, download for last week was uh, actually uh, one of our older episodes, the one that had... Uh, Ruth Buzzy in it, and Ruth was uh, one of the top, was the top uh, download, and uh, people are just downloading that like crazy, and all sorts of other ones, and uh, we appreciate it very much, so keep uh, downloading more and more. So, you know something, Dee Pfeiffer is going to be coming up in a few minutes, so I want to get right into that. It's time for Remake Madness on On Screen and Beyond. <laughs> Up and try again. Remake Madness. Well, after many animated Barbie movies, the legendary doll will be getting remade into a live-action movie starring Margot Robbie, and she's going to be Barbie, and Ryan Gosling will be Ken. And a remake of Hellraiser. The story of Hellraiser, once again, is in the works, and Emma Thompson is attached to co-star in the remake of Matilda, originally from 1996. That's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, why don't we listen to what's going to come your way as far as upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies, Elizabeth Banks and Sargoni Weaver will star in a film set in 1968 amongst political unrest, and it's called Call Jane. You can look for Aaron Eckhart to star in The Bricklayer as a retired CIA agent is called back into service, and filmmaker David Lynch will step in front of the camera to join the cast of Spielberg's The Fablemans. And other cast members in that film will include Michelle Williams, Seth Rogen, and Judd Hirsch. Quite a cast. And coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, sequels. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy Thursday at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Sequels. Well, it looks like December 20th, 2024 is the date for the next Smurfs movie. It will be an animated musical. And April 15th is the date of release for Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. And also, right now, Trolls 3 will arrive on November 17th, 
2023. That's it for Sequel City. Coming up next at On Screen and Beyond, TV on DVD. TV on DVD, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Season 8, lands on DVD on March 8th. April 5th, you can look for CSI Vegas, and that's Season 1 as it rolls on the DVD on April 15th. And Chucky Season 1 makes its way onto DVD and Blu-ray on April 12th. That's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, why don't we head over and take a peek at what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD. Movies on DVD, well, it looks like A Journal for Jordan will be arriving on DVD and Blu-ray on March 8th. And Silent Night comes to DVD and Blu-ray on March 8th. And Red Rocket rides on to Blu-ray and DVD on March 15th. And that's it for Movies on DVD coming your way. And next on On Screen and Beyond, it is TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time, well, Futurama is getting revived on Hulu with several of the original cast members returning. So you might want to look out for that one. And on May 25th, that's the date right now, the debut of Disney Plus's Obi-Wan Kenobi. And it looks like April 18th is the premiere date of AMC's sixth season of Better Call Saul with a 13th episode final season. And sadly, since last week's episode, we have lost Ivan Reitman of many films, including Ghostbusters. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, Dee Dee Pfeiffer is going to be joining us. She's from Big Sky. It returns this Thursday for part two of this season. And she's next, Dee Dee Pfeiffer, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, our guest is an actress who we have seen in The All-Nighter, Vamp, and Frankie and Johnny on film, and on TV on Sybil and For Your Love, just to name a few. On Thursday, February 24th, Big Sky returns for the second half of this season, and she continues her role as Denise Brisbane on the hit ABC show. It's Dee Dee Pfeiffer. Dee Dee, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you for having me. Dee Dee, how does it feel to be on such an amazing hit show? Well, let me tell you, um, Brian, I got to say it feels pretty darn good considering <laughs> I'm 58 and a woman in this industry to be on a hit show is pretty, um, I- I'm very grateful. I'm very, uh, I have a lot of gratitude towards that. Um, unemployment, you know, is not a rare thing for, as you get older as a woman in the industry, so it's really nice. Plus, we've got a lot of women on, on this show, too, if you think about it. Oh, yeah. a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. And I get to be one of them, so it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Now, i, I got to ask you, I mean, I, I've watched this show all the time when they first came on, and um, and, and my the names of the people are going to blank in my head. I know that. Um, oh, I'll help you out. But, I'll blank Trevor's name. But the trooper, <laughs> the, the state trooper who got killed at the end of the Rick first... Rick Legarski. Yes. Legarski, yeah. He is great. He is quite an actor. Jeez. Mm-hmm. And it was yes, like... he is. Oh, no, he can't be gone. <laughs> well, that's what's so great is that this is, this is a little bit of a big sky. You like him as Legarski, but we had to kill him because he's so bad, right? Right. And by the way, that's what we do on Big Sky. We invite you on, we're, you're a guest star, and eventually either you kill each other, you, you get killed, or you go to jail, or you just go away. And then we bring on new guest stars that are amazing as well. But he was so fantastic on my guest that they decided we can't let him go completely. So he <laughs> gave him a twin brother and gave him gave him the crazy crazy character's wolf, right? Mm-hmm. you got to see him again. Yeah. Two seasons, yeah. So this wasn't planned all, all along? It was just figured, okay, he's gone, and now we'll go on to something else? They, they, they But... They found that everybody liked him so much? Is that how it comes? I think that's what happened, yeah, because that's not uncommon sometimes in shows where, you know, the the character was always supposed to kind of, like, die. It's part of, like, the intrigue and the fun and the cliffhanger of of shows. And then when the audience has such a huge response, sometimes I think maybe studios, networks, and writers and producers are like, wait a minute, maybe we can continue on somehow because people really respond to these characters. Um, 
I think they did that the first year of ER. I remember uh, Julianne, uh, Julianne, oh, what's her name, Margulies. Her character was supposed to die in the pilot. And then they, they loved her and George Clooney's uh, character so much that they somehow just revived her from the dead and brought her back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's great about movie making. If yeah. we're not done with you, we will bring you back from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this. all these shows like Dallas did it and uh, I'm trying yeah. to think what else. You know, all these big shows did that. Uh, but then it all harkens back to soap operas. I mean, in a soap opera, yeah. you could be blown up, killed, uh, your heart taken out, but you can always come back. <laughs> well, exactly, right? It's so funny. And because um, Brooke Smith, who plays Marilee the first season, she went to jail for killing LaGarth, her husband, right? And she's always texting me going, nobody visits Marilee's jail. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but they left you alive. You might be in jail, but that don't mean nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause, you know, so what a fun thing that you're still alive out there, you know? Um, and even if they, if you were to die in jail, we could bring you back. It's okay. <laughs> They'll figure out that makes their job more uh, challenging and interesting. How do we bring it back where the audience doesn't go, Oh, come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, is it just my imagination or does your character seem to be developing more than it did at the very beginning? Um, well, you know, that's a great question. I don't really know. Honestly, I know when I get the script and not a minute before. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes on the spot, we're adding in stuff. There's sometimes I'll have a scene where by the time it gets, it gets to air, because we're running 15 minutes long, some of my stuff, everybody's stuff gets cut. So, for instance, there's a lot of stuff about Denise that's written and then filmed and then gets edited out but hopefully then comes back at a later date. Like, for instance, I like the idea that, you know, she's into paranormal stuff and aliens and mm-hmm. UFOs. And to me, because like I said to the writers and the producers, hey, Denise and myself represent millions of people in the country all around the world who believe in this, okay? This is not a crazy theory anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not crazy. So you have things like that. I like the fact that we really still don't know a lot about Denise. I mean, we know she's sober. We know that she's everybody's rock. I don't know where they're going with her. So as the audience kind of watches and discovers, uh, me, the actor, yeah. discovers every time I get the script. Yeah, yeah. So it just seems to so be... much room, right? I mean, she can go anywhere. Right. Some people even think that she's bad, that she's in on it, that she's a sneaky sneak, you know? Yeah. That she's like a mole. I mean, literally, I have a lot of followers go, I knew, I knew she was in on it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you really? And then I don't follow really other than instagram because and my followers because um i don't really know how to do social media that well <laughs> i'm not that savvy but i guess on twitter and all these other places the cast come on the other day and they were like yeah people still think denise is in on it and i'm like where are they that from and they're like well you are kind of a little sketchy <laughs> and i love it because at any point i could go become like something that you wouldn't see. That's what's so great about this show. Mm. Anybody can turn on a dime. So it's like, just when you think you have it all figured out, we, I promise you, you don't. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a fun show. Yeah. Now I, I, I know David E. Kelly was the creator of the show. Does he have any input on the writing of the show now after, you know, now that it's got going or does he more or less stay um, away from that? Yeah. David was a uh, David still the executive producer. He was the showrunner as well. Um, uh, the first 10 episodes. Okay. And which would be the girls, the kidnapping, the sex trafficking, Jerry, Ronald, Lagars, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then um, he uh, gave the show as a showrunner to Elwood. And that would be the beginning of like the client saucers and that whole second part of the first season. And then Elwood's been running the show ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's all I know. I don't know if David has any more creative input or not. Um, I know that he handed that um, job to Elwood, to El- Elwood's now um, the showrunner. So I don't know how much David has. You know, it's funny. We don't talk shop in my family at all. I, I rarely even talk shop with my sister, Michelle. Like, we talk more like, you know, oh, my hair color is turning, like, yellow. She's like, oh, you got to get this stuff that will help prevent that, you know. <laughs> and um, I tell her about, I think I saw some paranormal energies here in new mexico she says okay that's it when you get back to la we're we're gonna have a little sit down talk <laughs> no i'm joking um 
we talk about real life stuff. We don't talk about we don't talk shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't really wouldn't know if David has any creative input or not. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He's he's come up with yeah. a lot of great shows though. Uh, he's a busy guy. I oh, know that. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> yeah, he's busy, busy, busy. I'm excited to go back to LA to see my family because um we've been here in New Mexico, my son and I and my all my rescued animals since um June actually. We started production in July, and then the first season we were in. Canada and with the lockdown it kind of got stuck up there so it's been a couple of years of not really having a lot of family time so I am excited to see David and Michelle and my sister Lori my brother Rick and them, and my son and everybody hmm. um, hopefully so, sooner than later so where yeah. where is Big Sky film New Mexico or yep right now we're in New Mexico yep um, the first season was in Canada we were supposed to be in New Mexico the first season we literally started we had one half day of production that we shot and then the pandemic happened literally and then everything shut down everyone went home and then like the whole world we shut down and then we months later they came back and we didn't know what was going to happen right nobody knew because we everyone just went home and locked the doors and that was it right um so we months later they called and they said okay we are going to go back to filming now that things have loosened up a little bit but we're going to go to canada at that time, the numbers of COVID were just out of control here in the United States. And there was, didn't seem to be any signs of it calming down. We didn't have vaccinations. It was just a, a nightmare at that point. So we went to Canada, where they seemed to have it more under control at that point. And that's where we filmed the first season. They made it, did a beautiful job of making it look like Montana up there. And then the second season, we came here to New Mexico, because then New Mexico had an, a fantastic handle on the, the pandemic at that point. Um, and, uh, it was kind of where we were originally supposed to uh, shoot anyways, right? Mm-hmm. The third season, dude, it's up. To, I don't know. <laughs> we might go to Tokyo. I mean, no, I'm joking. I have no idea where we're going to go, but we, <laughs> I'm excited to find out. Yeah. Um, there's a rumor we might even go back to uh, California. So there's that too. Who knows? Huh. Now, now I've yeah. never been to New Mexico. So, uh, but how do you pass off New Mexico for Montana? You have very cl- – it's movie magic, baby. <laughs> Just like you're trying to pass off that I don't have wrinkles. No. Filters, lighting, oh, camera wrinkles. <laughs> the camera tricks of the trade. It is the tricks of the trade. They There are certain trees here in the mountain areas that they shoot okay. that actually match the same trees. It's interesting to think about it, right? There are certain trees in Montana um, that other places don't have and vice versa. So one of the things they need to do is watch for that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like you don't want to shoot with palm trees, right? <laughs> or <cactus. laughs> because last I checked, Montana doesn't have palm trees. That any audience would go, "What? Wait a minute! Why are there palm trees behind Jenny's house or whatever?" Right? Mm-hmm. So there's these places here in the mountains. It's beautiful in the mountain areas here in uh, New Mexico. I mean, generally, I always thought it was kind of flat and deserty, but they have these beautiful villages in the mountain areas that do. Uh, look a lot like Montana. That's where they're going to shoot the exteriors. And then we do all the interiors in a studio, like we would say in California in a studio where they recreate um, a lot of the sets inside. Hmm. And they can, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, magic. So you don't know what's going to happen next year. I, I, mean, no. I mean, hopefully you'll get, <laughs> hopefully you'll get, uh, you know, renewed and everything, but, but, but there's no word yeah. on that yet. Is there, or, or, there is no word, but let me just tell you, between you and me and everyone listening, I keep hearing rumors that we will get picked up. Uh, ABC does love our show, thank God, and the studio and the network and what have you. Uh, and our fans, they really do like Big Sky. So um, we are, I'm putting a lot of energy and space out there for a pickup for a third season. Um, whether we come back to New Mexico, that I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Those are the powers that be make those decisions. I'm good either way. I go where the work is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you there. <laughs> yeah, like I said, if it's in, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, yeah. I mean, even if a UFO came down, I'd go with them right now because hey, it's traveling, right? I love <laughs> <Right>. to travel. <laughs> but, but, you know, like you mentioned earlier, though, uh, the show is empowering to women because the the, the two main stars of, of the show are, are women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And very different women. Yes. Which is really cool. And if you really think about it, you have like 
Kathy and Jenny, you know, they're very different. And you throw Denise in there, she's a whole nother color. And then you have Jesse James Keitel, who plays Jerry. She's a whole nother, mm-hmm. you know, of uh, 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 diversity, right? And then um, we now have Janina, right? She plays um, a Ren. And then she, you know, and so it, it goes on and on. Like, And then, of course, before there was Brooke, and then there was Valerie, who played Ronald's mom. Um, just a lot of different women, you know in this cast, uh, which is really exciting. Yeah. Although, you know, Dave has always been really gracious to women characters. You know, always, I mean, you know, he writes really well men and women characters and, of course, just stories. Um, and that's really nice. And, you know, I think that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Versus just playing the stereotypical woman who's just kind of like there. I mean, now it's, there's so many different colors to not, not just men, but women too, you know, people. Right? Yeah. And yet, yeah. some of the characters are, you know, I mean, obviously they're they're, they're amazing actors because I presume they're not like these people, but but you 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 hate them so much, <laughs> some of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> Love to hate them. Yeah. Yeah, and it's you know, and that's that to me uh, is is a, a show of good writing and good acting because if you, you know, like I say, nine times out of ten, I talk to the, some of these people, and you know, they're the nicest person in the world, and you don't know how they could be so mean on on camera but you know to to pull that off is is really something a great example of that is brian garrity brian plays ronald and it's so funny i've never seen his work before but i guess all his work before he was always like a nice guy blah blah blah. and then he come and he gets he goes offered this role talk about taking this role and just chomping it and just getting into it he did such a fantastic job. David also wrote him an amazing role. I yes. mean, you know, but but Brian stepped in and just colored it beautifully, and he made it, he did make it so that you you do hate him, but you also care about him, and that's very confusing when you're like, well, this guy needs to die, or this guy gets gets to go to jail, and then you also kind of feel like he needs a hug. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> right. Talk about complex feelings all at once, and then you have your friends who are like, no, he's just, you know, whatever, and someone else goes, yeah, but look at his mom. Well, hell, of course he's going to turn out all messy. <laughs> um, and, and I love the way that they, you know, they could have just ended it and then continued with these other stories that they have, but, but this is always the one, you know, nipping you in the butt in the back. It's, it's always there, that, you know, that yeah. story. <laughs> Kathy. It's Kathy's nightmare is that this Ronald thing just won't end. And I love the way that they made it her like a Keelan's heel. Like she just is like a dog with a bone. She, she cannot rest until, you know, that case is resolved. So then you got Lindor who plays, or Omar plays Lindor. He's jumped in there. And then of course, you know, Jerry's character has a personal, emotional um, uh, uh, commitment to solving that case. And, um, yeah, I just I and oh, that's what I wanted to say. Brian is one of the nicest human beings you will ever meet. Like I adore him. He's like my little brother. Like I just love him. Mm-hmm. And when I see people go, he's just he's just the worst, you know, blah blah. blah. And I always feel, I feel bad. Like you know that that's not him in real life, right? Like that that's just the character. And they're like, yeah, but he needs he needs to die. I'm like oh my god. Um, and. Um, but yeah, it's Daniel Lagarski. I mean, John is just a sweetheart. He plays a creep, just a creepy oh, yeah. creep, right? And Jeez. he's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Now, have you found that uh, some fans, not all fans, but some fans do carry it into the point where, you know, that they're thinking that this person is really like that? Oh, yeah. I had a couple people on my Instagram, right? Um two followers were going at it <laughs> now again i'm new to it i'm new to social media so if i was reading i read all my you know some people send me stuff i always read everything or i tag it you know if they're being snarky or mean of course i just move on i just kind of go well you stay in your lane dude um but otherwise i'm always like when people say anything nice or positive or encouraging i always you know tag it and stuff and so these two one guy said something really snarky about lindor uh, uh lindor and kathy right and jesse that love triangle mm-hmm and said something snarky about it. I won't repeat it. And this other follower jumped on him and said, don't you ever talk about my Kathy like that. 
she is not like that. And I was like, and they went back and forth. And he goes, hey, man, I'm just saying this calling it the way I see it, and she attacked him verbally, oh, and I was reading this back and forth, and I thought, this is hysterical, like she was defending Kathy as if she was a person, mm. forget about Kylie, who plays the role, right? Right. And she took a personal, this guy said something about, something derogatory about that, you know, about that character, and um, I just found that really entertaining. Mm. I found that so fun, so entertaining. To me, that's fun, you know, that's yeah. the drama right there, that's like, that's, that's real life stuff. You can't write that. You know? Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was heated. She wow. was like, she was going to go through that tech, that, that um, Instagram and just slap him. Oh, <laughs> and he was egging her on. I thought, dude, you need to drop that. You're really making her mad. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that, there again, that shows that the writing has just brought yeah. that to the point where, you know, people are, you know, they get involved with it, you know? I mean, it's just... Yeah, there's an investment, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's great. Well, you yeah. know, it's 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 nice to hear that things are moving along. And now, have you finished wrapping uh, yet for this season, or is it still continuing? Actually, funny, you said that. I just texted my, um, my son and my sister, and I said, hey, we're wrapping, you know, in April, mid-April, we're not sure, you know, with COVID, it's, it's a give or take, a week here or there. Um, you always kind of have a soft end date and then you get pushed two weeks because everybody gets COVID. Then, mm-hmm. you know, and then um, Kylie also took you know some time away to have her baby in Santa Fe. She had a beautiful boy. Oh, wow. oh he's so cute. Yeah, he's got a follower on her Instagram. You'll see pictures of the baby. So she went and had a baby. So we're expecting to see her back anytime here. So we've been... It's been a kind of an interesting, complicated, challenging shoot with COVID and then babies and just all sorts of stuff, right? But um, this is where team playing comes in, right? We all just gather around and they change a scene on you because someone got COVID. You're like, bam, you're going up tomorrow. Oops, okay, I got to learn my lines. Let's go. Because I was, you know, they change scenes sometimes because uh, we've got to keep filming no matter what. Like, you got to keep right. filming somehow. Yeah. yeah, otherwise you get too far behind and then. You get in trouble by the network, and you don't want to do that. <laughs> the nerve of these people to have a baby right in the middle of filming. <laughs> Look at her. Look, I talk about, yeah, look, I know, right in the middle of filming. What the heck? She, oh, I filmed through both of my pregnancies. I was, like, in a hole with a gun and nine months pregnant shooting up at some bad guy in some movie. I can't remember what it was. Oh, really? And I remember a guy having contractions. Oh, jeez. this. I don't have my baby in this hole down here um, in Texas, I think it was. She did. She literally filmed into her ninth month. Wow. So they, they do yeah, they, some tricky camera angles, right? Yes. Tricky camera angles. She had a stand-in who looked just like her, but, but no belly. And they did CGI on her belly. They literally, this, like, they didn't have any of that stuff. When, when I was pregnant and filming, I just was like, me, I just would hold a box or carry a basket right. <laughs> or the counter they would lift the counter up two feet higher, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it, it was like um, from the waist down, you know, and when I would turn, they would cut, right? Yeah. Um, the scene. So we did tricky camera angles and that was pretty much it. Now they got a stand in, they got CGI, they got all this really amazing stuff that made it so she could continue filming for as long as she could until she was ready to, to have a baby. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Actually. Go in, That's have the baby cool. come back, you know, right the same day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then she'll pro- she'll be. I'm sure she'll be bringing the baby. I mean, I was breastfeeding while doing Friends. I was breastfeeding my son in the waiting room before while waiting to go read for Friends. Wow. Yeah, I was breastfeeding out in the waiting. Room. Yeah, Braxton was like two, two, three months. Yeah, and um, I was already out there interviewing. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Um, kind of cool, actually. Now I'm looking back at it. It does say a lot about, um, like somebody said, look, I'm pregnant, not, I, I, I'm pregnant, I don't have cancer. It's like, right. and then I think, wait a minute, I have a friend who had cancer twice. That did not stop her. And she was like, damn, cancer again. And she just went right at it. She did everything she needed to do and then kicked that puppy out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, interesting the frame of mind that we're, we're, things that we can do when you just put your mind to it, right? Right, yeah. And that's not a female male thing. I think mean, that's a human being thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did you start in acting? I mean, uh, I, I know your family is a lot of involvement in, in uh, the, the business, but uh, what what made you want to become an actress? 
Well, Shell, my sister Shell, Michelle, I call her Shell. She was the first one. I mean, we're from we're a little, you know, blue collar family from Orange County. Parents from North Dakota, um, farmers. My dad didn't even graduate. You know, he, I don't think he went past freshman year. Um, yeah, like really very simple family. And um, then Shell, long story, that's her journey. She did this and she became sex successful and so I was in high school when she was starting to act and I just thought that that was the co- of course the coolest thing I've ever seen now remember this is back when we had no v- v- VCRs or anything like that no cell phones no computers so when she was like on a Max Factor commercial it was one of her first things you had to be watching TV to see it you had to be sitting there and you had to be on the right channel right mm-hmm. and the same thing with her Fantasy Island her, her first things were who's that guy that was her line and there was all of us you know uh, all in a big group in the rumpus room watching and if someone got in front of you you missed it that was it there was no rewinding because we didn't have any of that right. so it was kind of a special time if you thought about it right um so that's what i grew up with then so when i was 18 i had a thousand million jobs at that point because child labor wasn't an issue <laughs> you could, earn, could work at any age mm-hmm. and i did because <laughs> so i wanted money because we didn't have any really money so if i wanted things i had to earn it so when i was 18 i was like um, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life, really. Um, so my sister, I think, was, yeah, she was doing Scarface and drove up to L.A. And I said, hey, I think I want to try this thing, acting. And she said, okay, well, you stop right there. Don't think about agents or managers or headshots. Get your butt into a, a acting workshop first and see if you even if this is something you want to do. So I did. And I took it was two years I studied um, because I was just so bad at it. <laughs> I just couldn't figure it out. I stuttered. I couldn't remember my lines. I knew no, no, no idea what character breakdown st- and nothing. I just was like a mess. because I was so painfully shy. So I kept going because I was like, I can't quit this until I figure it out. Well, almost 40 years later, I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> to be honest, I don't think it's something you ever really figure out because mm-hmm. it's an art and art always grows and breathes and changes with time. Um, I would hope anyways. So, yeah, I'm still trying to figure out how to act. Well, you, you know, <laughs> you know, you say that, uh, but uh, you you may feel that you haven't figured it out yet. But uh, we're benefiting from it because we're seeing you in all these TV shows and movies and everything. And you know, I hope you continue to try to find, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so we can you. see you. <laughs> I would tire the day I figure it out. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Which means I'll be like Betty Davis on steroids i'll be like 200 and you'll be like god she's still going she's 200 years old and she's still trying to figure it out (laughs) you know something i i had a woman on the show who was the old at that time this was probably three four five six years ago maybe i don't even remember what but uh she was the oldest working actress and she was a hundred and 100 101 when i interviewed her she, she may have passed by now i don't know but um uh, you know, so people are continuing <laughs> for a long time. I love her. I love her. When I turned 58, I think my boys were like, oh, God, I think my mom's going to go to the light you know, sooner than later. I said, boys, no, if you think about it, I'm aiming to be 100 minimum. So I'm really kind of only a little more than halfway there. Right, yeah. So I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. It depends what your aim is. If, you're, if your aim is 60 or 80 or 90, then okay, that's what you're putting out in the universe. I'm eight. It's always shoot big. <laughs> you know what I mean? Shoot big. You know, set the bar high. Yeah. So, yeah. You look at Betty White. She she, she lasted. <gasps> you know, on, Betty she, White. Talk about an inspiration to everybody. Mm-hmm. What an amazing human being, and boy, does she represent what growing old gracefully gracefully looks like. Mm. I think it's because she did things she enjoyed that nurtured her soul, like animals and stuff. Things that have meaning, and uh, wow, you know, it's funny because she's—it's like everyone's. She was a great loss. She, yes, but she also was a great inspiration. And the very fact that she was alive in my lifetime—it's not a loss; it's a plus. I got to be alive to watch her show me what growing old gracefully looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, Yeah. that I am so grateful for. Because uh, she really, she really, she really just lived her life mm-hmm. beautifully. Yeah. Did what she wanted to do. Yeah. 
kind of reminds all of us to make sure that we check ourselves. You know, are you doing today? Are you doing everything you want to do? If not, well, then maybe, uh, maybe it's time to make a change. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Know, you know, and now that you mentioned that, I, I think back at about all the the actors and actresses and, and musicians and everything who during our lifetime, because I'm I'm a little older than you, but, you know, in, in the same ballpark. And uh, it, it's like we've seen so many amazing people. You know, and we're so lucky that we've, you know, was, you know, going back to. Cary Grant and things like, you know, actors mm-hmm. like him and, you know, music, musicians like the Beatles or, you know, anything. And yeah. it's like, you know, they're all in our lifetime. So it's, it, it was yeah. just, just amazing. You know, even like, okay, here's an example, Prince. Yes. Now, some people don't really kind of maybe stop and think about Prince. But I remember when he first came out. I mean, I was young enough that when he first came out, people thought, what the hell is that? <laughs> But I was going, oh, I don't know what it is, but I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love this guy. What's his name? Prince. And this is a guy who got booed. He opened up, I think, for the Rolling Stones. He got booed off the stage. He had quite an upbringing, which, again, I love those stories of success of people who, who get knocked down. They keep going, right? Yeah. Um, and he, he wasn't welcomed right away with open arms. He had to cut through, like, new mature, new ground. He had to kind of show everybody that... Um, he had to prove to everybody that he's really talented and really good. Right. And then so like when he left and went to the light, it was like, oh my God, I saw his, the trajectory of his entire career. And um, what it, it was sad, again, when he went to the light, but it was also like, wow, what an inspiration, because he could have just gave up the minute he was booed off stage and said, I ain't doing that no more. That didn't feel very good. Of course it didn't feel right. good he was booed off the stage. No one wants to be booed or told you're awful or ugly or whatever. Mm-hmm. They, I just saw something the other day. Meryl Streep was told she wasn't pretty enough for Godzilla or something like that. Really? <laughs> yeah, I saw a little, I think it was on her Instagram or something, or one of those things. I don't know. I see things. I don't really follow anything i don't know i just find information mm-hmm. in odd ways yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm on the odd one but i remember she said something there's a picture of her on a subway and she said this was me coming back from i think she said something like a godzilla interview after having told her wasn't pretty enough for the role wow huh. interesting <laughs> really okay so huh. i'll just show you how like well it's easier said than done but when somebody knocks you between the teeth or kneecaps you, you know, with their words or their rejection, just try to be inspired by those who go, okay, wow, that hurt. I'm going to brush that off and get back up again. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we all can learn how to do that, what an amazing environment everyone would be in. Everyone, or maybe let someone help you, let them help you get back up, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to do it on your own. Let somebody lift you up off the ground when you've been just, you know, just knocked down with somebody's nasty words. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard to remember that that's there, that's them, not you, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Now, with all the different things that you've done, I mean, you, you've been on so many different, you know, guest appearances on TV shows and parts and, and movies and things like that. Is, is do you have a favorite? Um, yes, I have two, and for two different reasons. Um, one is Amaretto. It's a it's a film I did called Vamp, and it, it has turned out to be this awesome cult film that to this day has tons of followers. And fans, and it was my very first starring role. And how can you not love a character named Amaretto? It's a uh, black comedy vampire movie with Grace Jones, Chris Maypiece, Getty Watanabe, Sandy Barron, and a whole bunch of amazing talent at the time. And it was like my baby until I had babies. <laughs> um, Amaretto was my baby. And then to find out and just to discover 
almost 30 plus years later that it has this huge following is really exciting. I know a lot of actors shy away from their early work, especially when it's a cult or a horror film. But I'm like, hey, no, that was my baby. <laughs> I love Amaretto and Vamp. So I would say Vamp, Amaretto, my character. Yeah. And right now, Denise. And it's because this is the first time that I have uh, been acting as a performer um, sober and not smoking cigarettes and not drinking. I'm three years sober. And I, I never drank. Oh, I never drank while working. I was a high-functioning alcoholic, for sure. Um, very high-functioning. Never drank through my pregnancies or any of that stuff. Didn't mean I didn't have a problem and didn't mean that um, uh, I didn't need help. And so I'm sober. So I'm incredibly grateful to be playing Denise because I was able to make her sober as well. So there's, there's – and I get to give to a lot of people who are still struggling with addiction – by saying, hey, you're not alone. I'm with you. I see you. I hear you. You know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So with those two that you mentioned, this this character here, and, and you play uh, Denise so good. <laughs> I, I Thank you. I have to tell you that. It just, you know, like like you had mentioned earlier, you know, you don't know where it's going, but, you know, we're all wondering the same thing because it's like, well, she, she's... She's nice, but she seems a little sneaky. <laughs> you know, we don't know. Yeah. You know, yeah. And and, and so you the know looks what's of, funny, dude. We you know it's funny. I'm not playing that, but it's funny that it's coming off like that. And I think that's really fun. Now, mind you, I was also taught by an amazing um, acting coach, Ivana Chubbuck and Roy London. And let me tell you, one of the things that they teach you, which is an actor, which is so fun, always have a secret. Have your character have a secret. Mm-hmm. And don't tell the actors, don't tell the director, don't tell anybody. So if you're playing that you have a secret, that, that comes off sometimes as something else, right? Yeah. So, but here's the funny thing. Maybe her secret is that she's married to five guys and has nothing <laughs> to do with Big Sky and all the murders and all the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe her secret is that she's really an alien. I don't know, right? Yeah. But just have a secret. It's always really fun to talk to somebody hmm. and and not understand what's going on with them completely because it keeps you curious. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. do you think, even though you're not writing the role, yeah, can you manipulate it and and maybe the writers will say, "Oh, wait a minute, that that's good, that's good. We're going to write that in." You know, does that happen sometimes? Um, sometimes, yeah. What happens with our show is that it's a big show. A lot of stuff is going on. (laughs) There's a lot of moving parts to Big Sky. Um, So whenever I try to throw something in, I do sometimes get to, they do film it, but like I said, sometimes it just doesn't make the the end cut, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's part of being part of a big project. It happens. They need to put an so extended version out there way. for us. <laughs> yeah, they may film it, but it may not land only because it's like, oh my God, that's so fun. But we have, we're 15 minutes over. We got to start hacking right. at this. Yeah. We've got to make it under an hour, right? Yeah. So when you've got, yeah, when you've got something that's just running too long, 15 minutes too long, things get cut. So a lot of that stuff gets cut, unfortunately. But, you know, I'm excited for the third season. Because I think maybe some fun stuff will happen with Denise. I'm putting that out in the. How about this way? I'm putting that out there in the universe as an option for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll come. <laughs> it's, it's, you know. I hope so. From your from your lips to the writers and the producers of uh, writing room. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I think that the you know it, it, it'll come that way because uh, there's just like you say, there's so much going on. It, yeah. it's, it's hard to, you know, sometimes, okay, where are we here? <laughs> What's this? What's yeah. that? <laughs> it is, it's, there's a lot of movie parts. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how was it working on Sybil? How did you get the role in, in Sybil? I read for it. You know, it's so funny. A lot of people think that um, I get offered stuff. Actually, I did get offered Denise, but I did, I got offered Denise. But I did put myself on um, tape reading, or I didn't, I'm just a casting director, help me, um, put, put read for Denise, and then the network producers and writers and everybody's studio uh, saw that, because I had been gone for 10 years, I'd been gone, I went to college. So, um, 
Sybil, I read for it, just like all the other actors in town. And somehow um, they hired me. <laughs> I always have the imposter. You know the imposter syndrome where you think they made a mistake and they, they picked you when they meant to pick the other girl? I have that on every time I get a role. I always think that, that I think they meant to, to talk to, to call Patricia Arquette, right? Or, you know, I mean, all these other actors who were always getting parts after me when I got one, I thought, oh, was it because Patricia was hired? <laughs> or, you know, yeah. um, Drew Barrymore, was she unavailable? No. Um, <laughs> I read for it, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, Red Ford, I remember I was a nervous wreck, and I, no one was more surprised than me when I got that role. <laughs> yeah. Was it a close yeah. cast? Uh, a, oh, like with, between me and another girl? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I generally try to keep away from all that stuff, and I'll tell you why. That minutia, because it makes me a nervous wreck, and I, and I can tank an interview quicker than anybody. Uh-huh. Because if I get nervous, I'm done. Like, that's it. So the best I can do is try to go in and know as little as possible. Like my agencies be like, you're going to go in and you're going to meet, you know, Steve, you're going to read for Steven Spielberg and this and this and that and this and that and the executive producers or whatever. And I'm always like, do not tell me that. <laughs> now I'm just going to fall all over myself and get in my own way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Cause that's scary to me. That's scary. Cause you're like, oh my God, you know. I'm like, just tell me it's an important interview. Some big people be in the room and let me just learn the lines, create a character and go in and give up my best and hope I don't recognize anybody in the room because I'm terrible that way. <laughs> you, you know, right? And um, that's how I usually scored roles was to be protected from the truth. <laughs> don't tell me he's in the room. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Now, with all the people that you've worked with and, and- – you know, I'm sure you've met people off, you know, off camera too, and everything. Uh, but uh, is there anybody that uh, has really, you know, thrown you for a loop and, and thought, "Oh my gosh, I'm talking to this person"? You know, I've met this person. Michael Douglas and falling down. Ooh. That was. Uh, <laughs> he's just so great. Yeah, I just I'm giggling right now. And there I was with a hamburger on my head. <laughs> I was like, I had to ask. It's funny because I just went into autopilot at that point. I went under my train. I was acting. I was just creating this character with Sheila. I pretend that I pretend that she was Bonnie, and she was waiting for her Clyde to come in. And then Michael Douglas came in, and then the scene just happened, and it was amazing and super fun. Um, Joel Schumacher gave me the role. Uh, he had read me for something else, and I didn't get that. Yes, Drew Barrymore got that, but he gave me this quote unquote small role in um, Falling Down. Which, by the way, there are no such thing as small roles. Look at the longevity that Miss Pfeiffer over here got out of that quote-unquote small role in, fall, in Falling Down. I was in the trailers, and to this day, people talk about the Whammy Burger Girl. I'm like, that was me, right? <laughs> it, there's no such thing as a small role. I mean, that was a huge film, again, with a ton of actors. And there I was, a supposed small role, and I got um, a lot of uh, amazing attention from that role. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until, like, years later, I think I looked back, and then it dawned on me, Dee, you were in a you were in a scene with Michael Douglas. You know? It still it still sometimes dawns on me how cool that was. Because I just went in autopilot because if the magnitude of being in a scene with him were to literally uh, had I been aware of it, I would have again choked and gotten my own way and not been able to get my lines out of my face. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> probably fired and um, that's happened with a lot of roles when I was on Friends same thing I think the magnitude of sitting there with the cast, the cast of Friends would have hit me Ellen when I played the first girl she hit on on national TV after she came out had that hit me uh, in the moment I would have again <laughs> fallen all over myself and probably gotten fired so I'm one of those actors who years later it goes oh yeah that was really cool <laughs> yeah Oh, oh my God, that was kind of huge. Yeah, indeed it was. But I could, I can't go there in the moment. I just, I can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you yeah. mentioned, you know, there's no small roles. And it's true because you can think back at, uh, I've had some guests on the show or, or you know, different things um, that had, you know, they had some big roles. But people know them for, say, a, a role on Star Trek. It was mm-hmm. It was just a guest role. It was, you know, not a big thing. But you can still remember if somebody says, "Oh, the, the the guy with the black and white face," you know, uh, you know, people remember it, you know. And it's yeah. funny how 
can put that much an impression. You know, look at the Lenny and Squiggy on uh, Laverne and Shirley. Small, yep. small beginning, small roles, and they became, you know, even you know, pretty much even with the stars. I mean, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's just funny how that all works out. Mm-hmm. Well, Dee Dee, uh, I want to finish up with two final questions. One final question, two-parter, really, something like that. But uh, uh, I also want to make sure that everybody remembers that on February 24th, get ready for the return of Big Sky. It's great. Oh, Second yeah. part. we gotta, we got we to find out what happens here. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to mess with you guys again, the audience. <laughs> We are going to mess with you guys, so tune in and see how we're going to do it. All right, Dee Dee, this is, this is the question. When you yeah. sit back and relax, what are your favorite, <laughs> what are your favorite TV? I, I take, you're laughing because you don't relax, yeah, right? <laughs> My son is always like, do you always have to be bouncing off the walls? <laughs> when I sit down and relax, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah, when you do, when, when, or maybe you're not relaxing, but when you have the TV on, <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite TV shows now and of the past? And uh-huh. what's your favorite movies now and of the past? Oh, that's easy. Right now, I'm madly in love with Ancient Aliens. Ah, I Ancient love that. Aliens. I love that show. Oh, dude, right? Don't even get me started. The Ancient Aliens, <laughs> the, 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 that whole thing, I totally believe hook, line, and sinker. It makes more sense than anything else at this point. Um, so I love that just because it gets you thinking. Mm-hmm. You kind of go, hey, that's it's far fetched, but is it really far fetched? You know what I mean? When you well, anything that keeps my mind open to I don't know other ways of thinking, I love that. So ancient aliens for sure. Anything to do with paranormal stuff for sure. Um, before that, before I discovered that stuff, I would have to. Oh, it was um, forensic files. Yes. Yeah. Stuff like that, DNA and mm-hmm. forensics. I always found really interesting how, like, with a cat hair, they can solve a, a murder from 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Like, I just, like, the journey. Like, how the how did you go from a cat hair to a, to solving a, a murder that happened 50 years ago? It's that forensic and that, you know, that, that journey I find fascinating. Not the murder, of course, but um, just the, that, the forensics. Um, my favorite movie? Oh, I haven't watched movies in years. My cl- my all time favorite movie is, is Hair, the original oh, yes. musical. Give me a lock of hair. Yeah. yeah, Treat Williams. He was so sexy, dancing up and down that table, and oh, um, Hair for sure. I'm aging myself too. Um, my new generation is going Hair. What? <laughs> uh, the last uh, uh, movie. Um. I haven't watched movies in so long. Oh my god! Uh, okay, this is going to sound really cheesy and weird, <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> but I'm going to have to say <laughs> right. Batman with my sister was in when she was Catwoman. I'm sorry. I really? Just, I just yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, that was a really fun one. Yeah. Um, I don't watch a lot of movies. I'm I'm a weird actor. I don't watch movies and TV um, like a lot of actors do. I watch things that are odd and out of the box and kind of come from real footage and stuff. You know what I mean? Like real people talking. It's things that are not scripted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Because I kind of find real life really madly interesting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not saying that people's performances are not. Um, I think maybe because I'm in the field, it's kind of like not what. I can see acting, you know, I can see bad lighting, I can see good direction, I can see bad writing, good writing, you know. Right. I'm, to me, that's not fun because I'm kind of working versus watching something that's just raw footage of something that's just like, you know, like UFOs. I'm like, okay, wow. Wait, is that doctor's footage? Is that real? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watch, I watch The Curse of Oak Island. I, that, that's one of the Ooh. old non-scripted things that I like to watch. Oh. Me, I am addicted to that one, right? Yeah, oh, and yeah. And the brothers, I love how the brothers are so, like, they're so different, but they have this common denominator. 
like again, they're discovering old treasures. I love that. I love, you know what I really love? Is the discovery of what we're finding on the earth, all around the earth, with archaeology and like these, all this stuff we're finding that's rewriting history mm-hmm. and rewriting everything that we thought about mankind in our history. I know it upsets some people and makes them very unnerved, and there's a pushback on that. And that's cool. They're allowed to do that. I'm fascinated with it. Yeah. I'm fascinated with, wait a minute, we have higher intelligence of, of people over 40,000 years ago when we have discoveries to prove that? Mm-hmm. Like, wait a minute, that refutes a lot of things of what we thought about mankind. That's exciting, right? right? Yeah. Cause, I'm not afraid of that. No, I'm like, wait a minute, I want to know more about that. Yeah. I've, um, I've actually had some people from uh, uh, Ancient Aliens on the show. And uh, Giorgio? you know, talking. Giorgio? No, I haven't had him yet. <laughs> Not yet. But you tell Giorgio that Dee Dee Pfeiffer has a mad crush on him. I <laughs> love his crazy hair. Madly in love with his crazy hair. My friends are like, "Are you talking about that show with the guy with the crazy hair?" I go, "Don't you be talking smack about Giorgio." I love Dee Dee. Loves Giorgio. <laughs> but you know, you look at things like uh, go back. I don't know if you're going to know these things. I don't go back to Tepe. Go back to Tepe. Yeah, uh, you know things Tepe, like it's yeah, like okay. It. You know, no matter how they got there, uh, yeah, it's 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 amazing. You know that they could yeah. build that stuff. Well, technically, according to engineers in modern times now, they couldn't have with the tools that they had. And by the way, there's no tools found. Right. Yeah. That, where are the tools that they used to make that? And they said they couldn't do that with a barbaric old tools back then, mm-hmm. man-made tools. So I asked myself. Huh, that's a mystery. And what an exciting mystery. And I want to know more about that, right? Yeah. Like, that's where Giorgio comes in. <laughs> I love Giorgio's passion for it. It's I just love watching him because he's he really just he's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. He's fun. Yeah, it's just you know, yeah. it's it's amazing. And and uh the place uh in South America where they have the the, the H's, the they're big blocks that look like an H with drill holes drilled through them and things like that. I can't remember the name perfect drilled hole yeah you know i mean according to yeah the stone that they use they can't get that preciseness with the with the stone without tools that we have now and even then they said really it doesn't make sense i mean these are engineers of our time saying and scientists and what have you going this doesn't make sense if you Mm -hmm. if you're if the age that we are aging it at right right 40 million thousand years ago whatever it was um, the time then, and to me, I go, okay, wow, that makes me just want to get a backpack and go travel the world and find out even more. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Because it's like, it's okay to question things that we once knew to that we thought were um, real and the truth, right? Mm-hmm. It's okay to, to challenge that. I mean, some people, I, I understand the fear in challenging that. That's cool. I respect that. But um, personally, I'm not afraid of it. I say, let's go. I want to find more. I want to find out more. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, you can't deny it. It's it's it, they're there. You know how they got there. That's the you know that's the yeah. mystery. But it's they're there. You can't say, well, that's not real. It is. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or write it off as well. Then they were very ex- excellent craftsmen. Mm, yeah. Forty thousand million years ago, right. they were able to do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, here's my question. Then where where are they? Where's that population of people? Right. Then where are they? Yep, exactly. <laughs> right? We have their we've discovered their architectural tombs or whatever the heck it is. Where are they? Where are their tools? Where's the other evidence of their civilization that proves that they could have done that, right? Right. That to me, we still have so many more discoveries. That is exciting. That's gonna keep me to live to be a hundred. Yes. The excitement I have and, and more discoveries, right? Of right. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Didi, I, I apologize. I've, I've, I drifted you off onto a totally different subject of, of, of your well, life. I did this the other day in another podcast. My publicist is going to go, Didi, you're there for to, to pitch Big Sky. Why do you keep talking about <laughs> this other stuff? It's because it's exciting and fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, Didi, I, I thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, and I can't wait to see the next half of uh, the season of Big Sky. And uh, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you, Brian, for having me. This is really, really fun. Thank you. Thank you. 
And a big thank you going out to Dee Dee Pfeiffer for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. A lot of fun talking to Dee Dee, and uh, be sure to be watching her on Big Sky as it returns this Thursday for part two of uh, the this season. And uh, it's gonna be gonna be a good one. It's always it's always a good show to watch, and uh, be sure to check that out. And I want to thank you all for uh, emails that you've been sending me at uh, feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. Love hearing from you, and also thank you for downloading. Uh, we've just had a, an interruption of more and more downloads, people subscribing, and uh, we appreciate it very much. And uh, just keep keep up the good work. Tell your friends, and uh, we'll get more people for you on here on On Screen and Beyond with your help. So uh, thank you very much for that. And uh, also, uh, if you get a chance, uh, check out CroftCon. It is coming on May uh, Saturday, May 21st at the Orinda Theater in Orinda, California. And uh, we are going to be having some guests who are going to be there, people who were on Croft shows at CroftCon. And uh, that's uh, we got some great guests coming your way, and uh, hope you'll be listening in the next couple of weeks as we get those out for you. And uh, that's it. That's it for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. That's a wrap. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zimrak. Take care. Mm-hmm.